Welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome back to our series entitled Infinitely More. Uh, so we took a, a break for Mother's Day, uh, but we are back in this study. Uh, the theme verse has been Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Uh, the fact that God has infinitely more in store for you and I. So let's check out this verse. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says this, Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I mean, every time I say that, that phrase or those words, I don't know about you, but it, it kind of pumps me up a little bit. Infinitely more. God's able to do infinitely more than what you or I could ask or think or imagine. And so as we've been going through this, taking a look at Jesus, uh, how he selected some of the disciples, how he's gone through healings and teachings and miracles, he is showing he's able to do so much more. And as we go through the Word of God, and particularly in the Gospels, we see a variety of promises that Jesus gives. In fact, what we're going to be looking at today are a number of I will promises. How many of you have ever made a promise? Hands should be up. Okay. How many of you have ever broken a promise? Unfortunately, probably all of our hands as well. What we're going to be looking at are many I will statements or I will promises of Jesus. And he is one who is faithful to bring that to pass. So I trust that these are going to strengthen and encourage you. But as he gives these I will statements, these are truth. These are things that you and I can take to the bank. They originated in the heart of God the Father. He spoke these purposefully and passionately, and he has got the power to bring these promises to pass. How many of you, uh, maybe you have made a promise, and then once you said it, you realized, uh, I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm not sure if, if I'm able to bring to pass what I just said. I said I would do this, but I don't know if I've got the resources. I don't know if I've got the time to do what I've promised to do. Maybe you offered to help somebody out in, in some kind of area of service, and then you realize I, my schedule is super, super busy. Sometimes we don't have the resources to bring to pass the promises that we make. But I encourage you. As we take a look at the Word of God today, these I will promises or statements are things that Jesus is able to do. So be challenged, but yet be encouraged today as we take a look at them. So you'll want to jot these down. Uh, we've got a, a handful of them. We're going to move kind of quickly through them. So I want to encourage you with I will statement number one. Jesus said, I will show you. I will show you. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus called out to them, disciples. He said, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Jesus, the carpenter, is calling out to the fishermen, and he's saying, hey, by the way, I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you how to fish. How many of you remember, it's been a handful of weeks ago in our study, how Jesus told them to let down the nets and they would catch a great catch of fish. 
And, and the fact wasn't just that Jesus gave them the instruction. It was that these, these individuals, these fishermen, listened and followed and obeyed what he had to say. So Jesus, he's not just saying, I'm going to teach you how to fish. I'm, I'm going to skill you on boat work, and I'm going to skill you on network, and I'm going to skill you on, on how to understand all about fish. He said, I'm going to teach you, I'm going to show you how to fish for people. Other versions or translations that you and I are familiar with, he says, I will make you fishers of men. So Jesus, he's using something that they are interested in, something that they know about. Uh, This is an analogy that's going to connect with them. They're going to go from fishers of fish to fishers of men. I mean, they knew how to fish for fish, even if sometimes they weren't always successful, right? How many of you are fishermen or fisherwomen, fisher people? However you say it, you love to fish, all right? So some of you do. I would venture to say you've probably been out to fish, and sometimes you didn't catch anything. And, and sometimes it was just kind of peaceful, maybe on the, the side of the bank or in, in your little boat, whatever, however or wherever or, or whenever you might choose to do it. You're out fishing, and sometimes it's just kind of peaceful, and you kind of have some of those quiet times or quiet thoughts, and, but you don't catch anything. They, they knew how to fish. They, they knew about nets, and they knew about the boats, and they, they knew what to do. But Jesus says, we're going to change some things up. I'm going to show you how to fish for people, how to fish for men and for women. And what he's saying is, listen, I've got something greater in store for you than even you think is in store for you. Jesus is seeing infinitely more in their hearts and in their lives. He's saying, I've got a plan and I've got a purpose for you. You were catching fish and that's great, but I'm going to teach you and show you how to fish for people. I mean, who wouldn't want to be told, I see more in you? Maybe you've heard a family member share that. Or or maybe some of you uh, might have had a coach who said something like that. Or maybe you had a a co-worker or a boss who said something like that. Man, I see something in you. Uh, you, You're going places. Uh, I can see that that you're really growing and improving when it comes to the sport or in your job. And when somebody says that about you, uh, don't you enjoy to hear that? Wow. They saw something in me. I'm not sure if I see that in me, but they saw that in me. Here's what Jesus is saying. It's not just, okay, I'm going to you know, give you a net and you go out and, and we're going to fill it with a couple of physical fish. Jesus says, I see so much more in you and I'm going to show you something. How to fish for people. How to reach out to people with the, the power of the gospel. You're going to reach them. So right off the bat, one of the I will statements that Jesus is giving is, I will show you. I'm going to show you how to fish for people. Here's I will statement number two. He says, I will give you. Matthew chapter 11, 28, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Uh, Let's just stop right there before we get to the, the end. How many of you would say, that kind of feels like me right about now? 
It, you're, you're weary, heavy burdened. You've got stuff going on in your life physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. There's probably a, a variety of people right here in person who would say, that describes me. There's probably a number of people watching or listening online, and you would say, that describes me. Jesus said, come. Are you weary? Come. Are you heavy burdened? He says, come, and I will give you rest. How many of you, that four-letter word called rest sounds awful, awful good. Right? I mean, for, for some, sometimes just that physical act of rest, you, you've had a day or you've had a week or you've had a month, and, and maybe you just go home and you go to bed early, or maybe you take a little nap in the afternoon. Sometimes just that act of rest feels awful good. Jesus isn't just talking about, well, I'm going to let you take a short nap on a pillow. Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you rest because of the things that you are facing, because of the burdens, because of the weariness, because of the stuff that's in your life. He says, I'm going to give you rest. He's not just showing them something. He's giving them something. Now, I would venture to say you and I love to receive things, right? I mean, who wouldn't turn down a gift? Whether it's a birthday, whether it's Christmas, an anniversary, Mother's Day, Father's Day, whatever it might be, we love gifts. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you something. Maybe not packaged up in a bow, in a box. He says, I will give you rest. Rest isn't maybe the most tangible. It's able to be experienced, but it's an incredible gift. The gift of rest in the midst of a crazy, crazy world. We're seeing another I will statement. He's encouraging his disciples. He's helping to build their faith. Listen, I see something in you, and I'm going to show you how to fish. I'm going to show you how to reach people. And, and part of that, it's going to be tough to do, and you're going to be weary, and life is hard. I'm going to give you rest. Some powerful I will statements. Here's a third one from Jesus. He says, I will never reject you. John chapter 6, verse 37, he says, Those the Father has given me will come to me, and I will never reject them. I'd venture to say, you, as well as I, that we do not like rejection. Right? We don't like to be rejected. We don't like to be rejected when it comes to love, when it comes to a job, if it comes to a, a college to apply to, whatever the case might be. Uh, maybe you remember middle school. Uh, this is the classic middle school story, and, and sometimes it's happened to you, and if not, uh, it's carried out on TV and movies to this day. Uh, the middle school love life, right? Remember the little notes? where someone might write to someone. Maybe a boy writes a note to a girl, and it says, Do you like me? Check, yes, no, and sometimes they'll put maybe, right? You ever gave one of those or, or received one of those? Or, or maybe you helped a friend with one of those, right? 
It, it might be a boy liking a girl or a girl liking a boy, and, and they're a little nervous about coming right out front and asking them. And so maybe they put this little note together, and maybe sometimes they have a, a friend of the person they like that helps them or, or one of their friends, and, and they're the mediator, right? They're the go-between. So they, they write the note down and give it to the person to give to the one that they like. Why do they do that? Because they don't want to face the rejection, right? What if that person says, no, it's going to hurt if I ask them personally, but, you know, if my friend hears the no, or if my friend, you know, has this note, then they check off the word no. Maybe it's going to hurt a little bit less. Now, you and I have probably grown up since middle school in some cases, but one thing I'd venture to say is that we still don't like rejection. We don't like to be rejected by anyone. We, we love to be loved. We love to be accepted. And so Jesus says, when people come to me, I will not, I will never reject them. It doesn't matter what your past is like. I'm not going to reject you. It doesn't matter what your present is like right now. It might not be the most beautiful of presents, Stuff that you're taking part in right now, or maybe what your future looks like. Right now, for some people's future isn't looking the greatest. Jesus said, I'm not going to reject you. The disciples are hearing this. This is a powerful I will statement. And for you and I, it's an encouragement. Not only does he say, I'm going to show you how to fish for people. And not only is he showing you and saying, I'm going to give you rest. Because listen, this world is a tough world and you're going to be tired and weary. But he says, I will not reject you. Come to me. I will accept you. And it follows up here, number four. I will statement number four. He says, I will love you Staying in the book of John, chapter 14 this time, John 14, 21, he says, Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me, and because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Love, acceptance. We don't like to be rejected. We don't like to be shunned. We don't like to have indifference. We love for people to love us for who we are. How many of you know you're a rather unique individual? All right? I mean, just look around in this place. There are some unique individuals. Aren't we thankful when people love us for us? That we're not exactly like somebody else, and you love us anyway, right? When it comes to a family member, when it comes to a friend, when it comes to a coworker, when it comes to a fellow student, we love to be loved and accepted for who we are. And Jesus is promising love. He's promising unconditional love. And he says, I'm going to reveal myself to you. It's not just, well, I'm going to kind of keep you at a distance. I'll, I'll keep you at an arm's length away. I mean, yeah, you're welcome to kind of sort of come near me. I'll, I'll, I'll let you in the same place. He says, I'm going to love you and reveal myself to you. God desires to reveal more of himself to you. 
That's a personal opportunity to know and to understand who he is. So, so far, we've seen a, a handful of some powerful I will statements. Jesus said, I'll show you how to fish for people. He says, I'll give you rest when you're tired and weary. I will never reject you. I will welcome and love. Fifthly, here's another powerful I will statement. Jesus very simply says, I will do it. John 14, 14. Yes, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. The disciples who are, are following are, are probably thinking, I think we've made a good decision to follow after Jesus. He's encouraged uh, that he's going to be with them to love and to accept, and, and he sees something in them they might not see in them. But not only that, he says, ask me something in my name. And, and other places talks about according to his will. He says, I will do it. There's opportunities when you and I are in a relationship with Jesus Christ. He is able to heal. He is able to provide. He is able to do the mighty and the miraculous. We talked about that a little bit earlier in the service before we got into this message. We said God can and will make a way where there seems to be no way. And so here Jesus is saying, I will do it. I know you're facing some difficulties. I know you're facing some challenges. But he says, I can and will do it. How many of you know there's, there's a difference between can and will? Right? Being able to do something and desiring to do something. There are certain things that maybe you can do, you just won't. And there are certain things that you would do if you could, you just can't. In Jesus' case, he's saying, not only can I, or not only am I able to, he says, I will. That's a great comfort and encouragement because of the things that many times you and I face. We say, I can't do this. Or maybe I can, but boy, I, I'm just not able to. Other people, you're, you're asking to help you out. And, well, I think they can. They just won't. Or they would. They just can't. Jesus is able to do both. He says, I will do it. So it's, it's statement upon statement upon statement. I will, I will, I will. The next one, though, maybe makes the disciples a little bit baffled, maybe a little bit puzzled. They might not have fully understood when they heard this. I will statement number six. Jesus says, I will build my church. I will build my church. Matthew 16, verse 18. I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not overcome it, will not conquer it. Now, maybe they weren't quite so understanding of or sure of what this church would be or would look like. Maybe their, their thought was he was talking about a structure or a building. He, he's going to build something. Certainly you and I, uh, that we look at that as one of the definitions of church. We are presently in Alger Assembly of God Church. But was Jesus simply saying, 
I'm going to, uh, you know, hire a general contractor and we're going to build a building. That wasn't exactly what he was saying. He says, I'm going to build my church. Not just a building, although you and I have buildings and we worship in it. He's talking about a movement. The kingdom of God here on earth, this is a movement of people who are called by his name. Take a look at the Greek word here that Jesus is using for church. You might have heard it. It's called ekklesia, made up of two distinct words, ek meaning out, kaleo meaning to call. And so you put those together. It's this thought or this image of a called out people, a people who are called out, called out of darkness into light, called out of their homes into the marketplace, this church, this gathering of people are individuals who have been called out, called out of sin, called into a new life in Christ. He says, I'm going to build my church. We're going to have a whole bunch of people who are called out of darkness, called out of sin. I'm going to change and transform their lives, and then they're going to be called out and reaching other people. They're going to be building my church. Not just a literal building, Although certainly we have buildings, it it makes it nice and easy to meet and to connect. Uh, But it's more than just saying we've got a physical church building. You and I, as a believer in Christ, are the body of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ. And so we're looking at this timeline of statements, and Jesus is saying, I will, I will, I will. And every time he says, I will, it's a guarantee Jesus is able to follow through with what he says he is able to do. Now, it's probably a good order of how Jesus has done this. If if Jesus would have started with this statement at the very beginning, as he sees some of these disciples, he says, Hey, disciple over there, I'm going to build my church with you. They might not have fully grasped or understood that right off the bat. So how did Jesus start? Jesus talked about, I'm seeing more in you. I'm going to show you things. I'm going to show you how to fish. I'm going to give you rest because, man, we are tired and weary and heavy burdened. He said, I'll never reject you. He said, I will love you. He said, I am able to and I will do it. And yes, as he brings them along little by little, Jesus said, I'm going to use you. You're going to help to build my church. He's offering rest and purpose and peace and love. If they trust in him, if they keep his, uh, their eyes upon him, he will use them to be able to build up and build the church. The balance of our time, we're going to look at two more before we close. Number seven today, Jesus says, I will send the Holy Spirit. We're leading up towards uh, Pentecost Sunday, which is next Sunday. We've got two more weeks in this study and in this series, but looking to go from Easter towards Pentecost Sunday. And the goal is we're learning about all that Jesus has in store. And a part of that is the power and the purpose and the blessing of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. John 16, 7, he says, if I do go away, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. 
I mean, Jesus' plans are incredible. He, he's saying, I love you, and I, I see more in you, and I'm going to be with you. I'll give you rest and peace, and I'm going to use you to help build the, the church. Uh, but, but by the way, at some point, I am going to leave. Uh, come again, Jesus? But if I go, I'm going to give the Holy Spirit. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. He is comforting the disciples by saying, Yes, I will be leaving, but I'm giving. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. You've heard about the Holy Spirit. Uh, again, Greek word parakletos. We uh, have the English word of paraclete. Translated in a number of different ways. Here's a, a handful of meanings. Counselor, strengthener, comforter, helper, advisor, advocate, ally, friend, intercessor. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is going to be those things I'm going to give. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. That is a powerful gift, a powerful I will statement. The disciples must have been relieved. On the one hand, they hear, wow, at some point Jesus is going to leave and go, but he said he would give, he would send the Holy Spirit. The encouragement, the comfort for you and I today is that you and I are not alone. He's promised the Holy Spirit, and we are able to have that gift of the Holy Spirit, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit with us. He says, I will send the Holy Spirit. And here's number eight that we look at today. Jesus said, I will return. John chapter 14, verse 3, he says, If I go and prepare a place, I will return. I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Jesus said, I'm coming back. How many of you love to return uh, i think about this you know we if we go for a trip we go somewhere and and oftentimes the uh, um, uh the puppy grandparents uh, gary and sue help us out and and they watch shadow for us you know uh, he, he he he's blessed with some some puppy grandparents and, you know, if you've got a dog and you talk to your dog, uh, uh, I, I don't think that we're the only ones who, who talk to our dog. But, you know, we'll come back and we say, oh, we said we'd come back, Shadow. Now, if you've gone on a trip and you've left your kids, uh, I trust you would say the same thing, right? But when you go away, whether it's with kids or whether it's with, a, you know, a pet or with a, a friend, what you say is, I'm going to come back. I might be gone for a day, I might be gone for a couple of days, I might be gone for a week or two, but listen, I'm going to return. Jesus was telling the disciples, listen, I'm going to go away, but what he said is, I'm, I'm going to prepare a place, but I'm going to come back, I will return, and I'll, I'll bring you to be with me. He promised he would return. Now, based on everything else Jesus has been saying, there was nothing not to trust. They could trust Jesus. Jesus said he'd rise from the dead, rise from the grave, and he did. He kept his promise. And so the disciples heard and understood this promise to return would be the same. Jesus would keep his I will statement. I will return. 
Now, there's a handful. We've looked at them briefly. We've kind of whizzed through them. Hopefully, you've jotted some of those down, maybe even for some future study. But Jesus said he will show us how to fish. He'll show us how to reach people for him. He said he will give rest. And maybe you need some of that today. He said he will never reject us. But he said he will love us. He said he will do what we ask according to his will. He will build his church. He will send the Holy Spirit. And he will return again. The next step then is making sure that our will lines up with his will. Matthew chapter 6, verse 10 Part of the prayer, Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a challenge, right, to pray and live in according to his will. But when his will becomes what our will is, what our desire, what our preferences would become, great things are able to happen. We do experience what he has. Rest, love, satisfaction. We do see results from our prayers. We are able to reach more people as he utilizes us. We reach more people as God uses you and he uses me to reach people to build his church his kingdom as people reach out and surrender their hearts to him. When we give all that we have to God, he becomes all that we need in our lives. These disciples gave up their lives, their jobs, their identity, their safety, their comfort to follow after him. And in return, he was able to use them to build this incredible movement, the movement of the church. Imagine what God could do through you. Imagine what God can do through me. Imagine what God can do through Alger Assembly of God and many other churches all around the world if we make God's will our will. All of the I will statements that Jesus said and made, he will bring the I wills to pass. When we truly give God what we have and we truly buy into his plan and his purpose for our lives and our world, he's able to use you, he's able to use me to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think or imagine. <music> 